Hi, I'm Samantha of Goddess Awakening. I'm here to hold a safe space and share with you the true and authentic stories of how we got here. Empowering women, elevating for all. Hello and welcome to another episode of Goddess Awakening. I have a guest on today. She comes all the way from New Jersey via the internet. So hello, Natalie. Hello, how are you? Good. How are you? Doing well. Hanging in there. Yeah, I was just talking about uh, my busy day today. I've already worked my morning shift with the dogs. And now I'm here. And then I'm going to go work my second evening marijuana job after this. So busy Friday. (laughs) I don't know anyone our age who isn't hustling two jobs right now. So I I have two myself. So uh, kudos and well done. (laughs) Yes. And I'm also on my wonderful moon cycle. So there's that to add on to all the fun today. <laughs> Absolutely. The sky's been doing some weird stuff this month. There's been like meteor showers and whatnot. I'm trying to catch some of them, but I can't stay awake long enough. So, <laughs> yeah, I definitely be going to bed at like 10.05 um, during the week when I get up. at. I have to be at work at like 6.50 in the mornings. Um, so, yeah. But anywho... Okay. Well, welcome to the podcast. I'm excited to have you. I'm excited to be here. This is so great. Thank you for having me. Yeah, thanks for coming. Um, So like I said, um, you are in New Jersey. And why don't you tell us a little bit about you? Sure. No problem. Um, So I did. I grew up in New Jersey. I am a Jersey girl through and through. Uh, I was raised in southern New Jersey in a town called Cherry Hill which is not too far from Philadelphia. We're kind of like the outskirt uh, suburb town of Philadelphia that's in Jersey right over the bridge. Um, For college, I went to Fairleigh Dickinson University up in North Jersey. Uh, So I got to get out of South Jersey for a little bit for that. And then I lived in both both the East and West side. I lived up in West New Jersey for a little bit along the Appalachian Trail, lots of nature up there. It was awesome. It was a little hard to be 25 there at the time. But uh, after that, I moved over to the Jersey Shore, where I live now, um, in a place called Wall Township, but we're right near Asbury Park. So um, let's see. I love bagels. I love diners. I love Italian food. These are all the reasons I can't leave Jersey. Uh, Carbs is really the answer. (laughs) (laughs) Those are good reasons. (laughs) When you've grown up with diners and uh, the convenience of the food around here and and the bread, it is. It's hard to leave. (laughs) Yeah, I've got a lot of family that's from um, New Jersey, actually, and Pennsylvania. Basically, the whole East Coast um, is where a lot of my my family is originally from. And then for some reason, they were like, let's go to Oklahoma. Um, so that's where I got to grow up. Um, but, you know, I made a little escape to California for a bit. And Tennessee is basically like my second home, and I'm always traveling. So the one thing about Jersey, uh, it's <laughs> I don't know if you've heard uh Somebody named Bruce Springsteen. Does he ring a bell? Yeah, no. Um, he, he even talks about, you know, you have when you grow up in Jersey, you have to get out every once in a while. It's one of the most populated states. Um, the hustle and bustle around here, especially the more north you go, everybody's in like a New York minute. So the times I do get to get out of the state for either, you know, traveling or um, uh, show, you know, going for shows or whatnot, festivals. It's always more than just going for the festival. Like it's always a breather. I like going out to seeing uh, different places with lots of field. I love nature. Um, I love California. I will say being a coast girl, I think I could only live in a place 
that was a coast. It kind of like being in a landlocked area scares me a little bit. I kind of need the ocean. Um, but I've always wanted to see Oklahoma. So, <laughs> yeah, there's um, there's there's some cool stuff, you know, if you know where to find it. But um, this is definitely not the forever home for me. But the cost of living is fabulous. And we have uh, medical marijuana. So that's also a big plus. So I appreciate that. So we have really good, high quality uh, marijuana options. So I appreciate that. That's the best. You were saying you have a, you had your second job. For a brief time, I worked as a bud tender at one of the dispensaries here in Jersey. And um, we also got that pass. I'll never forget that day. <laughs> it was such a wonderful day. Um, absolutely. And uh there's a lot of growth, I think, that's going to be happening around the country with the uh, cannabis allowance. And I, I really only see a lot of good coming from it. We need to get those people that were thrown into jail for those offenses out of there. Like, that's what I think about, you know? Yeah, definitely. It's kind of wild to think from state to state how different the the laws are around everything, but marijuana especially. Like, I'm in Oklahoma, and then pretty much any direction you go, Texas, um, Arkansas actually has medical now, but Tennessee, those places don't even have medical options. So it's very illegal to, you know, have any kind of plant uh, medicine on your body. They'd be a lot cooler if they allowed it. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yes. A lot cooler if you did. They would. Um, okay, so let's talk about Goddess Awakening because you got to perform um, our first year festival back in 2022, which is crazy. It's been almost two years since that festival now. Um, I remember for myself, I was like, I need to book female artists and I don't know female artists. So I just started looking around the Internet for female artists and I found you were one of those people. Goddess was one of my most favorite festivals. Um, I remember taking the ride out there. I drove out to Arkansas from Jersey and it was about like a week long ride. I did it like three days there, three days back. And the one, the ride was beautiful, but I remember feeling on the way there that this felt like it kind of really hit me when I got out to Arkansas, how much and how important this fest really is. The community of people that were there, everybody was so friendly, so welcoming. There wasn't a bad vibe, you know, that I saw. Um, and the first goddess was wonderful. I thought you did an amazing job. There were so many talented people. There were so many kind people. Um, and I remember leaving Goddess with this feeling of like a breath of fresh air. Um, and I don't have that with every single festival that I play or leave. Sometimes you're like, oh, I'm never going to do that again. Um, but with Goddess in particular, that that overall energy, um, and I think it's a complete reflection of your amazing character and the heart and soul that really goes into putting on a show and, you know, the message you want to send while you're doing it. Um love goddess I, I thought it was a great first run for everything um a pretty good turnout for the first time and i cannot wait to be back yeah so you'll be back for year two um that's obviously unofficial but here we are on the podcast you get lots of you get lots of sneak peeks on the podcast if, if people are listening um but the goddess wigging this year will be in october um i decided for many reasons to move it to the fall um i am a scorpio and i just have always loved fall um football you've got my birthday thanksgiving halloween the leaves good weather um so 
I'm taking a risk and manifesting the best weather for the second weekend in October. I honestly think that, and that's another thing being from Jersey too, we have the seasons here and it's hard to go to a place without them. It's, it's the only thing that kind of keeps me away from California. Other than that, I, I do love Cali, but I am in love with the fall. Um, I definitely have a witchy heart. I'm the same way. Uh, my, I have a Scorpio moon. I'm a Gemini sun. Um, but I feel like the seasons really make up a lot of a person's character, believe it or not. And I didn't realize that until I went places that didn't have them. And <laughs> I was like, oh, this is why, you know, uh, Jersey people are brash and kind of uh, we'll give you the shirt off of our back, but we're not going to like, you know, coddle you and stuff like that. Um, and fall has always been one in particular that it there's something kind of I don't, I don't know if it's refreshing or if it's just uh, energy releasing of everything kind of dying off. And you going into this period where you can just settle. And I love that transition. So I'm excited for an October festival. You put some bonfires up and all that, you'll be fine. Yes, we'll definitely have some uh, contained fires, which is totally allowed at this venue, another perk of the spot. And then we'll have um, the ability to have lots of like fire spinners as well. So I'm excited to have a whole space for people to do that. And I'm going to be participating um, just a little bit. I've only played with the dragon staff as far as fire goes, but I am definitely ready to play with some fire again. That's, I think people that do that are so cool. I am so afraid. I, I do play an instrument. I do make music, but I am actually, I'm naturally a little bit of a clumsy person. So <laughs> I don't think I could take the risk, but I love sitting and watching uh, the flow arts and especially the ones that do fire. It's really cool. Yes. I love watching. So let's talk about you as an artist. Tell us about uh, that part of your life. Sure, sure. So I was born artistic. I am definitely not a math or science brain. Uh, I could never sit down and help you with your taxes, but I could sit down and help you draw a picture, write a paper, read a book. Um, so I was just born artsy. Um, I started playing piano at the age of seven. Um, my grandparents gifted me a, a baby grand. It was a Baldwin. And uh, my grandfather especially was very, very into music, into classical music, into music theory. And as soon as I could read, um, they put a piano in front of me. And so I played and took lessons for 14 years. Um, I was raised on classical style. So uh, you know, that Beethoven, Mozart, a lot of the, you know, the old classics. Um, when I got to the age of 14, I started to get a little frustrated with not being able to just use my ear and make stuff. And um, my piano teachers were always pretty strict. It was like, you know, you couldn't go in there and goof around or be creative or press on the pedals too much. Um, and so whenever I would try to kind of play around, jazz some stuff up, I would get yelled at for hitting the sustain for too long. And when I was after that, when I was 14, I kind of um, my piano teacher called my parents and said, you know, she's playing a lot by ear I, and she's starting to get a little outside of the lines here. Um, do you really want to keep putting a lot of money into this? <laughs> and uh, I said, you know, I'm, I'm good. I don't need that anymore. And I really started to dive into stuff by my ear. And I started to really dive into especially like Paul McCartney songs, um, a lot of the Beach Boys stuff. Um Fiona Apple, Christine McVie, uh, a lot of classic rock numbers and whatnot. And I kind of would just practice those. Um, and so the piano was always there. It was always a part of my life in a very big way. But I never wanted to make it my meal ticket. I never was like, I'm going to be making the piano the way I make money or the way that I earn a living. Um, because it was really a gift for me that way. It was an escape. 
And I never wanted to have it feel anything other than that escape. Um, when I started to get into my 20s, um, especially my later 20s, I'd be going to a lot of music festivals. I'd always gone to music festivals since I was younger. Um, and it was, I think, a Bonnaroo. Oh, God, I want to say maybe it was 2018, 2017. Um, I saw Dead Mouse perform. And it was the first time. I mean, there were like three people in this tent and it was like 3 a.m. And none of us knew. We were like, who's this guy? Day Mount 5 or whatever. And none of us knew who he was. Um, when I saw him perform, I was kind of really changed and inspired and was like, I need to break into an electronic sound. I got to see what I can do with the piano that way. Um, started to goof around in GarageBand. And uh, from there, started to play some music at parties, uh, just like local parties in town. And my friends were really the ones that were like, you need to do this. You need to, you need to try to do this. This is good. We like this. Um, so once I kind of got a little bit of that encouragement, I created Pedals, which was, uh, I, I, Pedals is my artist name, but I like to call it a project um, because a lot of what goes into it is not only creating and and making electronic music and using my piano to kind of mix those two worlds. Um, but I want to heal with my music. There's a lot of suffering out there in the world right now. So my main miss mission as an artist is always to, number one, remember that as long as I'm bringing joy to myself, making my art, that's good and fun. And I'm doing, you know, what I'm setting out to do. But I really want to help others, too. I want I want it to be contagious. I want it to be something that can um, bring somebody out of a bad mood or, you know, help somebody out of a bad day or help them sulk in it if that's what they need to feel. Um, a lot of the music that I make, it, there aren't really two songs that sound exactly alike or I would call them in the same bracket. Um, I'll make a heavy bass song and then I'll make a sad melodic song and then I'll make a peaceful, you know, a wreathful trance song, um, whatever I'm really feeling that day. So it's kind of my little story of how I got to pedals. Um, but uh, yeah, it's been it's been fun so far. I, I try not to take it too, too seriously in the regard of um, losing myself to it, if that makes sense. I definitely have a lot of different buckets in my life. Um, I try to keep my artist bucket full, but at a healthy place. I make time for family, my other two jobs, uh, social life, you know, so I, I try to keep it pretty balanced. Mm -hmm. And that was going to be one of my other questions, but I think you kind of answered. It's like, what would you say is like the type of music that you make? <laughs> Movie soundtracks. Um, no, I, I definitely like cinematic textures and cinematic tones. So I definitely incorporate a lot of I, I make electronic music, but not all of it. I would call it electronic dance music. Um, if you were to put me into any kind of genre, it probably would be experimental. Um, but I definitely think that the melodic tones that I use, a lot of the cinematic build, um, atmospheric textures, probably in that realm of experimental, electronic and trance. Very cool. <laughs> Yeah, there's a lot of people, um, I have some friends from my grooming salon job who listen to the podcast who are not really, you know, big into EDM music, um, but they are always interested to find new music for me. So that's one of the fun things that I get to do at work is I'll just like just today, I just will have a song that comes on and I'm like, oh, I got to I got to share this with them so they can listen to it. Um, so I love introducing my friends to to new music. 
Absolutely. And it's universal. I, I don't like to really put myself in one box musically because I, I do just play piano dry without, you know, the electronic sounds in the background and whatnot. And um, I never really made that my like, uh, I guess, my target goal to get out there and just play like jazz piano or classical piano. What I like doing with the electronic music, throwing stuff into Ableton, using MIDI devices and plugins. Um, that's where the experimental side in me comes out. So it's just a little bit more creative for me. So that's kind of why I stayed in that bracket. Um, but music is music. And, you know, you don't always have to listen to or make a dance song. It's, it's you know, there are songs that can be made to pull out feelings. Um, that's where I feel like a lot of the healing in music really comes in is where you do have those, you know, more sensitive, maybe um, more personal songs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. And sometimes you're listening to happy music and somehow it just takes you down in some feels that you weren't expecting. Um, That's been happening with me a lot this week. Um, I've actually been listening to a lot of um, Kyle's music. And um, actually, I made a post about it. But um, for those who don't know, um, my dear friend Kyle who is not on this earth at this time, but he is an amazing human and like music producer and has worked with some really amazing um, musicians, including Taylor Swift. Um, So I personally have never been a like Taylor Swift fan Um, and, and no hate. I just was listening to different kinds of music. Um, and then this, I think it was Monday and I just was like, you know what? I'm going to listen to Taylor Swift today. I'm going to listen to some of her music. And obviously I've heard Taylor Swift's music, but I've never intentionally like chosen Taylor Swift on my phone to play. Um, so I went to Taylor Swift and I hit shuffle, just whatever happens, happens. Um, she has a lot of music and the song that came on was fearless. And I was like, looking up Kyle's page and that's the album that he actually helped um, produce with her and like worked alongside her with. And I just started crying um, to this like song that I don't know, it was not what I was expecting. And it was like the exact message um, from my friend that I, I didn't know I needed. And then um, the next morning I was listening to um, one of his personal projects um, and I again hit shuffle, whatever song came, came and I was driving to work, you know, at 630 in the morning. So the the sun is rising and it was his sunrise set. And um, one of the lyrics in it was like, I hope I hope you remember me. And I was like, Ugh, OK, I'm listening. Like so music has been very healing for me, even when like I didn't realize that's what it was doing for me. Um I was raised very like Christian. And so like I only got to listen to Christian music for a very long time. And then I got into like screamo music. But then I had a very long period of where all I listened to was like rap music. And I would dance in front of my mirror at home. And I truly wanted to be one of the like hot girls that dance on the cool cars and the rap videos. Like that was my dream. But that's where I learned to like love dance was from, you know, rap music. Um, so, yeah, music is so special. And obviously now I'm very much into the EDM scene. But I also love Bonnaroo, too, because it is, you know, you get a little bit of everything. And that's that was my first festival. So and I think I definitely saw Dead Mouse the year that you're talking about. But I don't remember <laughs> what year it was. 
<laughs> we all left like, what the heck was that? Um, well, first, I just want to say I, I did have the pleasure of meeting Kyle at the last Goddess Awakening and uh, at another uh, festival I played called the Astral Project. And he was a dynamite guy. We only got to chat for about a half an hour. But in that half an hour, I learned so much. I mean, what a genius, what an expert, what just a kind soul. Um, we became like Instagram friends after that and just kind of like followed each other for a little bit. And I just was such a big fan of him. Um, there's not a negative word I could say about that person. He was just all around good energy and so smart. And even though I only had the opportunity to connect with him twice, um, he is missed, uh, he will be missed. And, uh, it makes no, or I guess I should say, it's no surprise to me that you feel those things through music, those little messages and whatnot. And, you know, your story of all the different, um, areas of music that you explored, I'm a firm believer in that music finds you. It'll find you. A song will find you. Um, it happens to me all the time. Um, what was I just listening to the other? Oh, an Arlo Guthrie song. Like it was so random and just I was driving and, you know, it was the perfect song for a sunset. And then that sent me down an Arlo Guthrie uh, hole, you know, and then... I think that those holes, those dives, I'm definitely a person that'll listen to a song 70 times one day if I'm really feeling in it. Um, it somehow helps the soul, it, it, you know, getting lost in music that way. Um, I definitely had my rap period and and I think it's still always in me and, and kind of there. I'm a huge Kendrick Lamar fan growing up. TLC. Oh, my gosh. Beyonce. Um, I was never really a Taylor Swift fan. No hate. No hate. Um, but. I just kind of like you, I just, I didn't really dive in. I kind of always thought she was more country and that's just one genre of music. I, I don't dive into all that much again, no hate on it. Um, I'm just more of a, a Bob Dylan, like deep poet, like, you know, sing a song about chaos and all that and trying to make sense of it. Um, but when I saw that, you know, in, in recent years, she's had such a positive influence on young girls and I love that. And I read a little bit about, you know, some of the stuff that she's been working on lately. And I came to the conclusion that that girl can sing any kind of song. She can sing a pop song. She can sing a country song. She can sing a slower, you know, uh, more indie type song. Um, and, you know, for that, mad respect. Mad respect, Taylor. <laughs> yes. And speaking of Beyonce, uh, she just she just released some new music and... Um, like you were saying, country music has not been one that I have ever dived in at all, really, um, which is funny coming from being from Oklahoma. Everyone listens to country music here. So I've very much been the odd man out. Um, but Beyonce came out with um, some country, some country music. And I did give it a listen. I enjoyed it. I'm not a country fan, you know, per se. But um, if you get on the TikTok. <laughs> there are some wonderful videos of people just loving the music she released so big and I I'm here for it. So I love it when uh, when artists do something so outside their box. Andre 3000 from Outkast mm -hmm. released this new melodic flute album and I'm low key obsessed with it. Oh. Yes. <laughs> I have listened to that one as well. Right? I love Outkast. I always have. I've always thought they were a little underrated. Um they have been a favorite of mine since God, Stangonia days, like long, long, long time. And when he came out with this, I was like, what? But actually, it's it's incredible. I like it when artists do that. Like Bob Dylan has changed seven different times. The Beatles changed a lot. Um, I think it's so cool when an artist 
changes their dynamic, their persona, the message they want to send. Because that's kind of what life is all about, right? We have to evolve, mm-hmm. right? Or you stay stuck. Yeah, I was just listening to, um, I'm one of those chaotic people who literally like shuffles all music and just lets it happen. I'm one of those. And um, so I was just popping around in the car and Purity Ring, um, I don't know if you're familiar. Okay, I am. Yeah. Um, it's funny. It feels like my music friends always know and the ones that are not do not. And I'm like, you must listen to Purity Ring. <laughs> so um, but I was listening to one of their songs from their first album and talk about transformation. Like each album with them is totally different. Like it's a totally different vibe. Um, one of my all time favorites, um, Ellie Goulding, she is uh-huh. another great example. Um, she like every single album I will listen to at different um when I have in different moods basically and like one will just make me sob and cry because it reminds me of a specific time during like a breakup or something and then other ones are just like a dance party um but yeah she's definitely like number one all-time favorite artist I have her on vinyl and I just love like that you're right there are certain nights to put on Ellie and like a glass of wine putting her on vinyl she'll just take me to a a really nice place or maybe a place I need to reflect on. Um, Her voice is ghostly and otherworldly and it does wonderful things to my brain. I I really like her. Um, My number one in modern music, I'm a big old, like I love the Beatles. I love um, a lot of the older uh, generation stuff. Um, But my, and they're unfortunately no longer together and no longer creating or performing. But have you ever heard of Ratatat? Oh, yes. Yeah. I haven't listened to Ratatat in a while. They are, if you ever like really take the dive, I know everybody kind of knows their hits, but like the entire album Magnifique is probably, in my opinion, the best work in music in this century. Like it, they are absolutely my like role models, everything I look up to musically. I think that they encompass that electronic sound so well with musical instrumentation and a lot of really well done composition. They know their stuff really well. Um, And in the world of, you know, now AI is coming into the picture a lot. There's a lot of, uh, you know, I don't want musicians to be replaced. And um, they do a really, really great job of combining those two worlds. Um, So they're my ultimate number one. I'll have to go back and check out that full album because I haven't listened to them forever. I know. They kind of like that's the thing about them. They stayed like just a hair above underground. Like they're they're almost still underground, but they're just a hair above it, but not popular enough that like so many people know a lot of their songs. I'm a weirdo. I I just uh, my brother and I obsess over them. Weird. From a composition standpoint, it's remarkable what they do. I'm definitely gonna have to go back to that. Uh, I was talking to one of the girls um, at the dog salon this or this week and she was like she played a song and she's like have you heard this song and I will say she's 22 so I'm 32 so we're a little bit different in age Um, but she was like have you ever heard this song and I was like that's the gorillas of course I've heard that (laughs) song I've seen them live many times and she was like this is such a good song I've never listened to them before and I'm like Okay, I need to share some music with you. And then the next song, who was it? Oh, I'll remember later in the podcast, but it was someone else. And I was like, oh, it was Weezer. I was like, yes, I love Weezer. That's like one of my favorites. I've seen them um, at Firefly actually as well. 
Um, so yeah, I'll be I'll be sharing some music with her. I must have listened to Plastic Beaches. Is that the that was the Gorilla album that came out when I was in college. I must have listened to that a hundred times. Um, Melancholy Hill, that one song. Oh, mm-hmm. It's just so good. Uh, Gorillas, A plus plus. Fat Boy Slim, also up there for me. Um, and uh, Weezer. Oh, Weezer's great. I just saw them at a, we have a festival here in Jersey called See Here Now. Um, and they played that. Uh, they opened up for the Foo Fighters. And they're still incredible. Rivers Cuomo sounded amazing. Um, love Weezer. A lot of that, that like the music that we grew up with that was just coming out of like that 90s grunge era and kind of going into this new, um, more progressive type of sound. Um, so we got like, you know, like Pearl Jam nirvana back in the day um a lot weezer green day big fan of all of them just because that's childhood (laughs) i saw green day um at firefly as well and that was actually the first time i've seen them live and i've been a big fan of them for you know when i was little so i mean i was like oh i hope they're good live because that's always a fear of mine is like this artist that you've been listening to and then you finally see them live and they're terrible. Um, I've got those stories too, but green day was epic. It was so good. Oh my gosh. My inner 13 year old self was just like singing and dancing and crying. Um, I saw Avril Lavigne that year, uh, firefly. Oh, I'm so sad it's gone, but no, it was I know. such a good festival. A few myself. I know it was, uh, I will say at Firefly, I saw Kendrick and Eminem play together, and it was one of the best performances I have ever seen. Um, At Bonnaroo one year, I saw Jay-Z perform, and he threw down. I'll never forget that as long as I live. Um, And I think that, like, performance and the value that goes into your performance is huge, right? People may not always like you on the radio, but then the minute they see you live, there's always that saying, like, oh, well, you got to see them live, right? Yeah, that like that era of music, for sure. It was legendary in our lives. I mean, I still know till this day if a Nirvana song comes on, like I am listening to it. I'm not fast forwarding. Um, I'm a big Kurt Cobain fan at the end of the day. I miss a little bit of that, like grungy gumption and and whatnot. And uh, I don't want the world to lose its poetry that way. There was like a lot of that angsty poetry back then. So Mm -hmm. fan of that. Yes, another one that just came up for me, who I have not seen live, but they are still performing. So there is opportunities. Um, Yellow card. That was like, <laughs> that was my shit back in like sixth, seventh grade for sure. <laughs> Yellow card, Switchfoot, uh, All American Rejects. Oh, yeah. These yep. are all in my headphones, in my Walkman, on mix CDs as I was walking around. <laughs> Absolutely. Yes. So I love music. I, EDM I got into when I got to college, um, and then it was like Ellie Goulding and Skrillex and Knife Party and all the other people that I started finding. I was like, what is this? This sounds fun. Um, And then it really hasn't stopped since then. I would definitely say um, EDM music is at the top of what I'm typically listening to. And then Boyfriend Brian is longtime techno guy, so that's been a new thing in the past, like, year and I'm like, ooh, I really like techno. And I've never really listened to techno before. Techno is its own vibe. It is its own world. And I love it, especially for the night owls. Um, I have a few techno tracks. I would say they're more like the techno-like. Um, but when you have like that, you know, it's the end of the night. Maybe you've been like out bar hopping or like going to see a few shows or clubs or whatever. 
at some, like the creatures of the night, two, 3 a.m., <laughs> techno until the sun comes up. And it's just a fun place to be. <laughs> There's nothing not fun about that vibe. Yeah. The last two years I've gone to uh, EDC Vegas, which is wild. Um, and I work, I don't think I would ever just like go to go. Like I like to be able to like go and then get out and then go and then get out. Um, but it's cool because they station us at the different stages throughout the night. So you get a little bit of trance, you get a little bit of this, a little bit of that. And that's really where I started to learn more about genres is EDC Vegas, which was funny because I would just listen to music before. Um, but the first year I was at the hard style stage and oh my gosh, those people were having the best time. I love hard style. I, I love it. Brian was like, you could be a hard style DJ. And I'm like, I don't know if I want to pick a genre, but that's a fun one. There's like this whole genre called Viking techno. And I am so about it. it. You just watch the videos and like the hard style Viking like stomp is like, it's good exercise at the end of the day too. And it's it's really interesting to see how many little spin-off subgenres have come out of the electronic music world now. Um, the people calling it bass music as a whole, that, that's relatively new, right? I think it's really neat and really cool because we're kind of, um, in a way, the pioneers of this new era of sound. I, I like to call it we're breaking the sound barrier a little bit. I think one, the re one of the big reasons people started to really get into this type of music is because there is so much low bass, low sub, that kick there. It's literally shaking your body, right? So people want to feel that. They And what the Beatles did when they came through and the Rolling Stones and when that rock era came through, right? It was a lot of like that Christian music, that like contemporary style. And then boom, there was rock and roll. And in a way, I feel like this electronic music movement is kind of like that new rock and roll boom. It's a it's something very new. It's, you know, the older generations had, um, a, I would say that they always had a club scene and electronic music has been around for years, but the specific now genres that are built around it, that's pretty neat. It's pretty exciting. Yeah. It's always interesting. Um, I guess I've been listening to that or like in the rave scene since 2010. So 14 years now, which is crazy to think about. But when I meet people who are like outside of that world, it like confuses me that they don't know who like Closey is or they don't know who Subtronics is. And I'm like, wait, what? And I'm like, oh, this is this is its own world. Yeah. And yes, it's becoming more mainstream, I would say. I don't know. I don't listen to the radio. I have no idea what's on the radio. I cannot tell you. <laughs> um, but it seems like it's becoming more like mainstream for people to know at least some EDM artists um, because it is its own genre, just like country and rap and things. And there's the top hits of the genres. Um, it's a genre, but it's probably out of all the genres out there, the one that's played on public radio the least. Okay. So that's what I think is keeping it with this like small kind of underground vibe and this little society of people that know what it is and whatnot. Cause you made a really good point. You know, you don't listen to the radio as much at all. And growing up, if I was in my bedroom, if I was in my car, if I was in the bathroom, the radio was on, the radio was just always on in my house. Um, and it was great for that. As I've gotten older and, you know, gotten deeper into discovering who these artists are, 
completely agree. The radio kind of has been turned off and now I'm in SoundCloud and discovering and listening to podcasts and, you know, different um, forums that people play on. Um, Twitch is a big one as well. So it is, it's, it's definitely a shift in dynamics of you kind of have to do a little bit of digging to find it. It may not be thrown right in your face, but I kind of like it for that. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not sure. I mean, there's like Sirius XM, FM, whatever it's called. So you can obviously get like those kinds of stations on there. But I feel like if you're just listening to the radio in your car, there's probably certain cities like Denver probably has an EDM radio station. Oh, I, I would assume. Yeah, I believe. Um, Oklahoma City. Yeah, no, we don't have that. I know we don't have that. So that makes me wonder, like, I'm going to listen to the radio after this. I'm going to I'm going to see what's playing on the radio. So if you can research and find the only time I found it on the radio around here is when the college stations do it. And I love oh. like college radio. We have like a few stations of the colleges. Um, and I was I think I was like, I think it was Closey, actually. I was like flipping through the channels and I was like, wait a minute, Closey's on the radio? What the heck? And uh, it was a college that had been putting it on like a, a person that was DJing that night. Um, so it is there, but just in very little tiny like corners. You have to like find it, you know? Okay. Well, I'm gonna have to see what's on the radio today. It'll be its own little science project. <laughs> I think we should call the closest college and just take over their radio. Station. Well, I was gonna say the University of Oklahoma, that's, I mean, 30 minutes from here in Norman. So it's not very far away. Um, I'm sure they have something there. And then we also have um, one called UCO. And then there's also um, in Stillwater, there's Oklahoma State University. The other university, you know, <laughs> boomer sooner. I went to OU. Um, but there's got to be some EDM radio stations. Huh. It's hmm. a movement. I, I think that we're going to be amazed to see how far it's come within the next 10 to 15 years. I really do. Mm -hmm. I, uh, especially the generations coming up are finding a lot of joy in it. Yeah, and I think that's what's cool, too, because um, they like listening to my music at work. But she's like, you know, I can't listen to that heavy bass for too long. And I'm like... Well, you know, I I grew up loving dubstep. And I mean, dubstep is a broad term, I understand. But like dubstep of the late 2000s, I guess 2010s, whatever that is. Um, it was a huge boom. Right. So that's that's what I grew up on. And then then came later came rhythm, which. Everyone has their thing. You know, I get it. I'm I'm too old for rhythm these days. Like I can only do so much rhythm um, and that I'm tired and I feel a little anxious. So I think that's the cool part about like the people who don't listen to electronic music. It's like we get to introduce them into, you know, what style they like, because it's not just, you know, head banging dubstep, you know, rhythm. Um, there's so many other options for people to check out and listen to. So it's like, let's just ease people into this world gently. I'm a huge composition nerd. I'm still, I think there's always something new to learn in music theory, even at my age and with the experience that I've done, I'm still learning about music theory. Um, and Ableton is an, it's an encyclopedia. A lot of digital, um, audio workstations, you'll be able to dive in there forever and still learn something new. Um, but I think when it comes to like the heavier dubstep songs, stuff that's a little bit more maybe rhythm-y, it's, for me, it's about the composition. I think because of making this music, working in it, working with frequencies, studying EQ, um, 
jump drum tracks and whatnot, loops. My strength is more melody. I am not the best at rhythm. I am, I'm not a drummer really at the end of the day. So I'm, I'm always trying to incorporate and get better at rhythm. Um, but when I hear maybe like an EDM song that I can just tell, oh, this is just like a loop that hasn't really had a lot of art been put into it or whatnot, um, it's going to sound like a record on repeat for me. Like it, it's going to be grating to my ears. But if you have a dubstep artist or somebody who is doing that heavier stuff, but maybe they put in a lot of work into that composition and it's done really unique and really well, I'll listen all day. Um, so it's definitely like at, at this stage in the game, I'll listen to any kind of electronic music depending on the mood I'm in. I definitely don't mind the heavier stuff when I'm working out. I also have a heavy song. I have a dubstep song called Underground Queen uh, that is uh, definitely a lot of drum and bass, a lot of that dubstep stuff. But it's great for when I'm in the car and I'm feeling like maybe like driving a little fast or like uh, in that mood. Right. Um, but I definitely don't like the there is a component, I think, to the electronic music scene of a lot of the same sound and not kind of building on that or going places. That's why I like Ratatat so much. They really go a lot of places with that music. Um, and so I think that that you know, the composition of it all, you have to have some kind of idea or or mentality of how music works, right? You can't just dive in there and start, you know, making trash can sounds and, you know, having it sound well done, so. Yeah, that's definitely something that I know very little about. And I've seen a few of my friends, like, playing around with all their cool tools. I'm just like learning how to mix music right now. And that's fine. I'm cool with that. I I envision myself like hosting um, when we're doing like we're going to do some new moon ceremonies and like sound bowls and then dance party. Like I, I that's what I see myself doing. I don't I don't think I'll ever like want to like get paid to go do a DJ gig or anything like that. Like that that's no, thank you. But I'm also a person that just likes to have like lots of little things in my pocket when I want to pull them out and I can help with, you know, pretty much any area of anything that's going on. And that's pretty much what happens at all my jobs. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, the older I'm getting, the more I'm learning. The, the Like I said, stuff in each bucket is kind of mm -hmm. the way I, I find happiness, at least for me personally. I think that that's a really healthy thing to do. I think a lot of people come into it and think, I have to get as famous as I can, as I possibly can. I have to get, you know, as many followers as I possibly can. Mm -hmm. um, I am so against that. <laughs> so if, if there are 10 people listening to my music uh, across the world, I'm fine with that. That means that I'm making 10 people happy and I'm having fun and I'm setting out to do what I want to do. Um, I have had the honor and pleasure of meeting a lot of famous people, um, not actually through music. I used to do special effects makeup um, for uh, horror films, like cheesy horror films and whatnot. I love doing it. I uh, tried to make a living at it, but it was a little bit of a lonely life. Um, but I have to tell you, there were a lot of famous people that I met that were really not happy inside. There was a lot of hurt and you see it all the time in the news and tabloids and whatnot. Um, so definitely that's, that's not my goal. That's never, personally, that's never really been my goal. Um, I think it, in some regards, if you're putting too much focus on how much you can, how big of a presence you can make, you're pulling yourself away a little bit from the artistry. It should be how great a song you can make. Right. Um, right. yeah. Yes. And 
Everyone needs to release their music. I feel like that's something that keeps coming up for me. This week specifically, like I said, when I was listening to Kyle's music, I know there's so much more that is out there of his that we don't have access to yet. Um, hopeful that we'll get access to that um, in the future. Um, and I am just so, I was feeling so thankful, so grateful, like so appreciative of the music that he does have available for us to listen to on SoundCloud or, you know, whatever platforms that they're out there on. So if you're an artist out there, put your music out. And I've been talking to Brian about it this week too. I'm like, you have so, he has so much music and how do we listen to it? We need to listen to it. I took a lot of comfort in SoundCloud. I have to tell you, it was I, I when I started going with it, I was like, you know what? No matter what, I'm just going to put things on SoundCloud. Anybody can listen to it at any time. And I can't encourage it enough to any any person. It can never hurt to just make a SoundCloud account. Put your stuff up there. You don't know what you'll get back. When I did it, I had three followers. Now I have one hundred and one. Still, you know, it's not astronomical. It's not horrible, but it's the opportunity and, and just taking that risk. It already is so much. I'm so grateful for all the people that received it. Um, it's a really good feeling. And I cannot encourage that enough for any artist. Absolutely. Got to put yourself out there when you're starting to feel like naked and, and just out there in front of everybody. You're probably getting something right. That's probably when you're starting to get it right. So it comes with all of it. Yes. So that's. That's my message for my friend artists, which I have lots of, and people keep nudging me to do some artist management, which I know is coming, and it, I feel like I'm not there to the point where I want to commit to it yet, um, but that's my thing is, like, I just enjoy helping people and businesses, like, grow and thrive and get to do exactly what they want to do, and that was part of, you know, my dream for Goddess Awakening. Obviously, there's lots of parts to it, and reasons why I did it. But, you know, a big one is that we get to all come to this space where we can literally do what we love. Um, and what I love to do is plan events and bring people together. So oh, I think you're a natural born leader, Sam. I absolutely do. You, there, there's not that's something that you're born with, I think, really. And you have that in you. And right now I, I have always been told and I always tell good things take time there. It's nothing that is legendary or, you know, was done overnight. Um, so it takes time, it takes building, but I think that you're, you know, I think that goddess, especially down the road has so much potential to be one of the biggest festivals nationwide. Absolutely. Yep. So this year we're only going to sell 333 tickets. So if you want to come, you have your chance now. <laughs> <laughs> come be a part of it it's such a good vibe it's such a good message um it's a good movement honestly at the end of the day and uh i'm so appreciative and so honored to be a part of it um i'm actually starting to work on the set now and by october uh i hope to really bring the house down when i get to be out there with you all so looking forward yeah well thanks for coming on tonight is there any last messages you'd like to share or anything you'd like to say Oh, just be excellent to each other and stay on the bright, you know, keep looking on the bright side of life. I feel like right now there's a lot of uh, a lot of my friends aren't doing so well. There's a lot of stress, especially like on our generation and whatnot. We are a generation that unfortunately goes to like as many funerals as weddings and, um, you know, just trying to stay positive, sharing that love, you know, let music heal you. Let it do its job for sure. Yeah. And where can we find you on the socials? 
Sure. So I am on Instagram. Um, it's pedals underscore music. And on Apple Music, uh, just under, you know, pedals. On Spotify, I think it's just pedals, but you might have to type in the spaces in between. I think somebody had that name when I was applying to that distributor. <laughs> um, and I'm also on SoundCloud, uh, soundcloud.com slash pedals music. Awesome. And we will definitely drop all of those in our podcast episode when we release here in about a week. Um, thank you so much for coming on today. It was great talking to you. We will talk to you soon. And I'm excited to get this episode out very soon as well. Thanks for listening to this episode of Goddess Awakening. Check out our link tree in the description for all our socials and upcoming events. This podcast is brought to you by the Possibilities Podcast Platform. 